0: You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
1: Hey, it's Jenny. We're currently gearing up for a brand new season of Womanica, Until then, we're bringing you our favorite episodes featuring villains, troublemakers, magic, and mystery, in honor of October.
0: Before we get started, just a warning that this episode contains some mentions of violence. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Abby Delk. I'm a production assistant, and I write scripts and produce Womanica episodes. I'm so excited to be introducing this best-of episode of Womanica. This episode was originally part of our October 2021 theme, Troublemakers. Today, we're talking about a woman whose horrific crimes revealed a dark underworld and changed the way British society viewed childcare. I think this episode is so interesting because it shows that the old assumption that women are always maternal can actually lead people to ignore serious crimes happening in plain sight. Now here's host Jenny Kaplan to talk about The Ogress of Reading, Amelia Dyer.
1: Amelia was born the youngest of five children in a small village near Bristol in 1837. Her father was a shoemaker, and her mother suffered from mental illness caused by typhus. At an early age, Amelia was tasked with caring for her mother. The family faced one hardship after another, Amelia's older sister died in 1841. In 1845, her younger sister died in infancy. Not long after, Amelia's mother died in 1848. It was a difficult childhood, and at the age of 24, not long after her father died, Amelia moved away from her remaining family to marry 59-year-old George Thomas. They had a child soon after. Amelia studied nursing and midwifery, But early on, she learned of an easier way to make money. She started using her lodgings to house young, unmarried, pregnant women who were unsure of what to do with their babies. At the time, there was a lot of stigma around single mothers and little support for women to raise children on their own. According to the Poor Law Amendment Act of 1834, fathers of children born out of wedlock were not obligated to support their children financially. In the public eye, single mothers were labeled as immoral and were unable to find work to support themselves or their children. As a result, many unmarried mothers would leave their babies behind for a fee. It was a practice called baby farming. Depending on the situation of the mother and the status of the person taking the child, the fee could vary anywhere from 10 pounds to 80. Once the baby had been handed off, it wasn't unusual for mothers to lose contact. And it wasn't unusual for the baby to die, soon after the money had exchanged hands. This was the business Amelia stepped into. In 1869, her husband, George, died, leaving Amelia widowed and in need of support. That same year, she began advertising, falsely, in local newspapers. She claimed she was a married woman looking to adopt a child into a nice country home. Instead, once Amelia had a child, she would let it die and send out an ad for another. She continued her business for 10 years without getting caught. In order to keep it secret, she moved often. During that time, she got remarried, had two more children of her own, and left her second husband. In 1879, a local doctor reported the unusual number of infant deaths in her care, and Amelia was sentenced to six months of hard labor. Afterwards, she was admitted to a string of mental hospitals and asylums, though historians believe she may have feigned mental illness in order to keep a low profile after getting caught. Part of the reason Amelia's crimes went undetected and her punishment was so light was due to the attitude around children that allowed for practices like baby farming to exist. At the time, infant mortality rates were also incredibly high. In fact, the response to Amelia's high mortality rate was so laissez-faire that she returned to nursing after her release. And soon afterwards, she returned to baby farming. In 1895, Amelia began sending out ads again. Since she'd been reported by a doctor, she decided to forgo getting death certificates for these children, instead disposing of the bodies herself in the River Thames. On March 30, 1896, a package containing one of the bodies was found in the river and brought to the police. White edging tape had been used to kill the baby. Detectives deciphered an address from the packaging and traced it back to a Mrs. Thomas, Amelia's married name and one of her aliases. There, detectives found evidence to link Amelia to the murder, including white edging tape identical to the tape found in the package and advertisements offering housing for babies in newspapers across the country. Amelia was arrested on April 4, 1896. In the following weeks, the Thames and Kennet Rivers were dredged, and officials found six more bodies with identical white tape. At the trial, Amelia pleaded insanity, but on May 22, 1896, she was sentenced to death at the Old Bailey Criminal Court in London. The jury took just five minutes to find her guilty of the murder of an infant. Few people doubted she was responsible for many more deaths. Eyewitness testimony reported as many as six babies entering her home each day. Estimates attribute anywhere from 200 to 400-plus deaths to her, making Amelia one of the most prolific serial killers in history. Amelia was hanged at Newgate Prison on Wednesday, June 10, 1896. She was 59 years old. After Amelia's case broke, it was major news. It gave more visibility to the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, which at that point had only been around for 12 years. The horrors that Amelia committed pushed organizations to pursue stricter adoption and child protection laws. All month, we're bringing you the best of villainy, magic, and mystery. Tune in tomorrow for another of our favorite episodes. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co creator. Talk to you tomorrow.
0: Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results, made just for women.